And welcome back to another episode of the Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. All the guys are here. Tyler, Alex, Kyle, what is up? Hey, yo. Going on, going? guys? What's going on, guys? Hey, hey. So we're back this week. We're going to go through, uh, what is this, week nine now? Couple go through that, give you some waiver wires. Let's jump into it. Yeah, yeah. It's the wire. It's the wire. D. Griffin. Griffin. This the wire. Serving up a hot take. Around the league, serving gems like a hot plate. Who's the flex? First pick. Rounds four to eight. Trading with the base. That's Superman. We need a cake. This that fantasy. See who get the glory. Who's gonna stay up in their lane talking Tory? Who's gonna ride up on the train where the hype at? Yeah, you wanna start them, but matches, you might not like that. Three tutties next week, many's double covered. Takes on a hundred coming out the oven. Tim and Todd, they the guys, know you gotta love them. Take your pick, do it quick, they on fire. The wire. All right, boys. Week nine in the books, heading into week 10. Um, Alex is excited. We saw some two flashes. Oh, my God. Miami got a win. So excited. Um, but. Alex, you had a question you wanted to start us off with with some ethics. I think that's kind of where we're starting today. What you got? Yeah, so just real quick, I have to say, I thought I loved fantasy football, and I very much do. But it is so nice when your team has hope. It, it really is. <laughs> when your team has a glimmer of hope to actually do anything, it's, it's an incredible feeling. I used to think my fantasy teams could beat my real-life team if they played, and I wouldn't care, but... Man, with Tua back there, it's so fun. I'm pretty sure any one in seven team could have beat the Dolphins last year. Come on. Maybe true. Maybe true. But it's not this year. We're in 2020. I don't know if you know that. Tyler doesn't even know a week we're in. Anyway. Um, all right. Hey, what episode is this? Uh, this is episode 39 by my count. 39? Um, I'm guessing. 40? Who knows? Maybe next episode. Um, <laughs> all right. So my hot question. And it's an ethics right. question, as we tend to do nowadays. I really like these. Um, so you're in a league, and it's a redraft league. And, you know, the bottom teams, they're, you know, at this point, maybe one in seven, or they're going to be one in eight. Or, you know, they, they have very little to no chance of making the playoffs at this point. But they fire off a trade. They, they, trade, they trade Dalvin Cook to one of the top teams for, you know, some depth. And it might be a decent enough trade. What is what's our thought? How, how do we go about addressing that? Do we address it? Um, you know, if we were the commissioner of the league, do we think it's fair to do so? You know, what what's what's the vibe? How, do we think it's fair? Do we think it's not fair? Is that something we want in our league or no? So for me, I don't see anything wrong with it at this point. You know, one in seven, you know, two and eight, somewhere in that. But if it's weak, you know. 11 week 12 something like that and you're one in 11 and you trade Patrick Mahomes to the guy in second place I see an issue right now you know if if you trade Dalvin Cook and you get back I don't know a wide receiver you desperate if you get Allen Robinson and a, a, a low-end running back that you need to fill out your depth and fill out your wide receiver position and you and you get a shot at the playoffs right now is kind of my cutoff. I after week 10, those you really shouldn't be making trades if you're in last place because at that point it, it's borderline, it, it can be known as borderline collusion in some people's eyes. Yeah, yeah I, agree Hi, what you, Tim. <clears throat> I agree with Tim in the sense that probably <sighs> week 10, yeah, maybe I would say 11 is probably my cutoff. Um, then we start questioning it and we, we really have to pay attention to it. Obviously it depends on what the league type is standard redraft. I would say probably absolutely not. Um, if you start getting into dynasty, obviously that's fair game or anytime, basically um, keeper leagues. It would be in a conversation if you're trading for a player that or two, two players that you might want to keep. So that's something that I would take into consideration there. Yeah, it's um, a good point on the keeper leagues. Cause you know, you're on last place and you trade a guy who's in the running they have Barkley on their bench. They were thinking about keeping them and you don't have anybody you want to keep. If you trade Allen Robinson or let's not, he's probably a keeper candidate, but you trade one of your, some depth or some or a startable player for 
a Barkley and a keeper league. I like that, you know, idea for, for somebody, but. Right. Um, but for me, my thing is, is that you don't, it really depends on the, on the team and the situation where like, like Tim right now, Tim is in our league and you're what Tim one in seven, two in two and six. I'm two and six and I'm winning this week. So I'm going to be three. Right. And so realistically odds are you're out of it, but there's still an outside shot that if you win every game out, there's an outside shot that you get in. So you can't say that these bottom barrel teams are completely out of it and can't make moves because if you win two games and now it's week 11, but you're looking, there's an outside shot that you could get the last spot. Then maybe there is talk that you can, you can justify making these trades. Yeah. I don't think at this point in week nine, a commissioner shouldn't step in unless it's completely, absolutely obvious and, and, and turn a, and return a trade, you know, Kyle, what do you think? I think it depends on the trade. Um, I mean, if if you take record out of it and, you know, it's a fair trade, then I say fair game. Um, You know, the other thing to think about, too, is, you know, even though you have redraft, you have in cases like in our league where you kind of have the same people every year, some leagues have punishments for being in last place. I'm sorry, I don't want to be in last place. If I'm going to make a trade to not go through some type of punishment next year, I'm going to make that trade just to avoid last place. Um, That's a good you know, point too, right there. Yeah, I, love I didn't that. even think about that. <laughs> you, you, yeah, don't I mean, a, you don't want to wear a dress when you order the pizza next year? Damn straight. <laughs> damn straight. And I have yet to wear a dress. So, that, you know, we're not having that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about pride. You know, you don't want to be in last place. Um, you don't want to, you know, go through that punishment or anything like that. If it's a, you know, fair trade for both sides, fair game. Yeah, I think when you're when you're in an active league and and <clears throat> trades are being made throughout the year, you kind of just have to assume that positive intent, right? Like, you know, if you have that last place finish where where you know you you make somebody do something, they don't want to finish in last, so they're going to trade what they need to to not finish last, right? Um, For sure. But it is important to know your league, and I think we've all kind of alluded to that. If you're in a league where nobody's trading, nobody's trading, nobody's trading, and then all of a sudden week eleven pops up and we've got Patrick Mahomes for Jimmy Garoppolo and, and I don't know, Richie James, we might have a conversation about that. Um, you know, but I would like to think that most people are trading in their best interest. I don't, I don't want to go out there and assume that Tim, you're just trading away pieces to help Tyler win. Um, because I know you don't like Tyler very much. So, um, you know, I, I think you just kind of have to know your league and, and <laughs> you just have to assume positive intent, um, with, with trades like this. And, you know, if I'm a commissioner, I'm setting a trade deadline too. That's the other thing. Set your trade deadline. Um, you know, if you don't want people trading in week twelve, don't allow them to trade in week twelve. Allow them to trade until week nine or week ten. But if you're, um, but I think I think that in what our point was is, let's say your trade deadline's week twelve or week eleven, week nine somebody's zero and eight and they trade Patrick Mahomes to the guy in third place. What well, that's where that's where some some things may arise, you know, like I'm in last place last week. I kind of held off and I was like, ah, I probably shouldn't trade, you know, cause I have Mahomes and Michael Thomas. And I was like, is trading Michael Thomas really going to help me? Is it going to hurt my, hurt the league more at this point? You know? Yeah, no, for sure. But I think at the end of the day, like, you know, you have to know your league, like you guys said, and, and assuming that positive intent um, is really important because you don't want to, you don't want the league to end because somebody's mad over a week 10 trade, right? Like you don't, you, you don't want to have a league that's been running forever. And then one guy makes one bad trade at the end of the year that they think's helping them. And um, you know, like I'm in a league where somebody traded Ezekiel Elliott for Joe Mixon. And I don't know, like not a good wide receiver. And everybody was like, how could you do that? How could you do that? And here we are five, six weeks later. And Zeke, you know, Zeke, dropped, Zeke was almost droppable. <laughs> You know, so it's kind of trades don't always work out how you think anyway. Um, you know, I just think it's important that everybody has an optimistic attitude when it comes to, to other people's trades. Fair enough. Um, so with that being said, let's jump into, well, let's recap a little bit of last week. I think, Alex, I know you said Tua. Tua looked absolutely amazing. Um, I'm on that bandwagon. I, I, I was a little skeptical for a while. I think he's going to be great. Um, he looks best great back in this class, baby. Eh, I don't know about that still, but I think you guys Coming. did find a guy. 
Um, a lot of weird stuff going on again this week. We got some injuries. We had some just a bunch of odd stuff. We got CMC back for a week, and then here we go again. Out with a shoulder, it looks like. Like, we, we just can't get a break right now. It's just one thing after another, it seems like. I was full tilt. Now, listen, in our Dynasty League, I made a trade. I said, you know what? CMC should be coming back a few weeks. This was, you know, th- maybe three weeks ago. I said, I'll weather the storm. I'll be fine. Get the, you know, undisputed RB1, you figure, for Dynasty, right? All right. I got him in my lineup. He's looking good. Everything's, you know, going great. He's making these amazing catches, you know, pirouettes in the air and whatever. I'm like, wow, this is what it feels like to have, you know, like an RB1. This is great. <laughs> then, I, then I see him on the sideline, you know, a little grimace, rubbing his shoulder. Don't, don't tell me, man. Don't tell me. So I got, I got him for one week. And what did it cost? Do the old candles. Exactly. <laughs> everything. Everything. Let's, let's wait for a second because. There's no official news on McCaffrey. We yeah, don't even no, know. There's nothing yet, but he could very well play next week. Or the, the, from what I've from what I've read, worst case scenario, you get you're losing him for two to three weeks. But this was really the concern with him coming into the year. He gets 400 touches a year, or 400 between targets and carries, 400 400 attempts a year. He's going to break down a little bit. Everybody breaks down when they get tackled 300 times a season. For him, Whether you're no. quarterback, tight end, wide receiver, offensive lineman, it doesn't matter. Not everybody's Malcolm Jenkins. He had never been hurt, though, at any level. He had never been hurt in Pee Wee. He had never been hurt in high school. It was going to happen, right? No. It, no, it I mean, doesn't necessarily have to happen. Injuries don't have to happen. Injury-prone players to, but, aren't always going to be injury-prone. But – you know, there's a, no a such thing as injury-prone players. We gotta stop with that. Right? No, that's what I'm saying. Like injury injuries don't have to happen, and I'm starting to believe positive touchdown regression doesn't have to happen either. By the way, that's I know I sp- spun that narrative for an entire off season, and I'm like, wow, maybe this isn't really a thing. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't think he had to get hurt. I don't want Christian McCaffrey hurt. Nobody wants him him hurt. Him hurt. It's um, bad for the league with Christian McCaffrey hurt. Yeah, no, for sure. 100%. Actually, kind of funny enough, someone in another Dynasty League had been texting me about Mike Davis for weeks, and we couldn't come to an agreement. I just texted him now asking if he wants Mike Davis. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to, right? I forgot about it. Yeah, I, I circled back. That's awesome. But another good week for Curtis Samuel. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean. He's their red he's, zone back. He's good. You can't even say that, though, because he went – not what nine targets for nine catches for 105 yards, and I can also say that he's their red zone back, he's getting the carries <laughs> inside the 20. I'm not saying he's not a good wide receiver. Oh, I, I put a positive note out there, and you said I couldn't say it. I can say whatever I want on the podcast. He's their red zone back, he's the guy getting the ball inside the 10 yard line. Um, I don't get it, it doesn't really make any sense to me, but sure, we'll, we'll go with that. He's the red zone back, but he's a good nine- utility weapon for them. That's for yeah, sure. that's exactly what he is. He's the, he's their Swiss Army knife. Yep. Uh, I mean, like, I was on I was on the Curtis Samuel train last year. I mean, he's an incredible route runner. He has all the skills you want. And I remember watching him last year, and, and he Kyle Allen was like, yeah, Kyle Allen just continuously missed him on downfield balls where he was wide open. He'd be hmm. wide open, forty yards downfield, and fifteen yards underthrown, um, or whatever it was, and. and He's really developed nicely. He's found a really great role with the Panthers. And, um, you know, with CMC looking to be out, uh, Curtis Samuel, I think, is going to have a continuous role in this offense. He's not a one-hit wonder anymore, which is really nice to see because he's good. Yeah, he's a he's a wide receiver three. You know, last year he was the wide receiver 36 on the year in 16 games. And through eight games this year, he's a wide receiver 27. Or running back two, whatever you want. Is he going to end up one of those guys with the with the switch designation? He can go wide receiver and running back. Probably should. No Patterson. No, because if your league off is a flex, it's kind of bullshit. But Joe oh, Webb could play. Can put McKissick the comes sleeve. up as a running back wide receiver, also. Exactly, exactly my point. He's trash compared to to Curtis Samuel. But you guys remember Joe Webb? Patterson, Cordell Patterson's a running back, right? He's just allowed to wear number eighty four still. 
it's he's a running back. I haven't seen him out wide once this year. Yeah, he's the a running back. The last pass he caught from being a wide receiver was from Brady. He's their best running back. He's a big dude. He is. He's 6'3", what, 225? Something like that, yeah. Because it's going to be his his week this week, so maybe that'll be something to pay attention to. (laughs) Alex says he's the best back on the team. He is. Montgomery sucks. Tyler, you were right on Eric Ebron again. You know, he's not really a dynasty piece for many people, but he's he's, in that offense, everybody's getting the ball. Everybody's involved, and everybody's in double-digit tough. Except James Washington, I think, was the only one that wasn't in double digits this week. Yeah. But, you know, they're not going to play the Cowboys every single week. But they've also done it. Every, they've they've all produced. Every, and LeBron's been very good lately. Um, something that kind of really excited me is Mike Williams really did carve out a role with Herbert. A lot better than I thought he would. I thought it was going to be all Keenan Allen. All Keenan. I thought the targets between Keenan Allen and Mike, Mike Williams were going to be, you know, 70, 30, you know, 75, 25. Mike Williams is producing. I mean, we've been talking about this for like what three years now that Mike Williams is a freak athlete. It just needed the opportunity. Um, He keeps seeing targets like this. It's only a matter of time where he's going to start producing, obviously. Um, I I think Keenan's still dominating touches. He he had almost 10 to, 10 targets before halftime yesterday. So, I mean, it's still the Keenan Allen show over there, and he's the second option, obviously. It, what's really happening to me is that he's Mike Williams is eating up Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry's lost a step. I don't know if it's because of the injuries or what it is, but he does not look very good. Um, I think it's not having Philip Rivers. Maybe. Could be that. But I just mean, like, even his route running, like, he's not explosive. You know, we all expected Hunter Henry to be everything Mark Andrews was last year. Um, and it just hasn't panned out for him. I think Herbert has this incredible ability to throw to his best players, and not every quarterback does that for whatever reason. He just continuously targets Mike Williams, who's uber-talented, continuously targets Keenan Allen, who's one of the best receivers in the NFL, and it's paying dividends for him and, and the wide receivers. Yeah, and say what you want about the coaching staff over there, because, I mean, for them to be losing this many close games is kind of inexcusable in my mind but I will at least give them that they trust Herbert to throw the ball and they're not, you know, being ultra conservative with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. I like Anthony Lynn as a, as a coach. I think, I think he is going to be a coach there for a long time. Um, but I think he should I, be. I, I think it's more, their defense is just really bad. Well, they, it's sorry. crazy to me because That's we were looking at that defense last year as they were going to be one of the better ones. Injuries. The pressure the quarterback. Injuries, yeah. That's about it. Yeah, Derwin James is a big loss for them. Yeah, yeah, but Derwin James has been a big loss for them every year since he's gotten the league. That's the point with him. He he's been injured every year. Yeah. Why are the Chargers always hurt? I think it's another like question. Is like that there's always injuries to that Chargers defense before the season starts. I think it goes deeper than the coaching Sanders. staff. Bad training staff. It could yeah, could be a mixture saying. of a couple things. California water might might not be too good. Oh, that's yeah. what we're going with. I think it's a tap water. Mm. It usually is. In these and for those people who don't know what tap water is. Yeah. <laughs> I drink Essentia, not a sponsor. Yeah, I saw that beforehand. Very fa- fancy water. It hydrates you. You're making us look bad, Alex. Well, we're a bougie podcast. What do you want? We are the furthest thing from bougie podcast. You are the most frugal people you'll ever meet. Oh, but I'm a bougie podcaster. (laughs) We use the entire free trial for this before we ever paid for it. (laughs) I watched Game of Thrones through the HBO um, free trial. So, wow, you must have really hammered through that. How is that even possible? It wasn't like I loved watching it, but man, I wish I gave myself a little more breathing room there. Did you not <laughs> sleep for four days? Like, what happened there? Don't talk to me. I'm watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh no, we both watched it. We sat silently for about 24 hours a day. It was kind of nice. Jesus, there's no show on TV that you could ever get me to do that for. Well, you're not as dedicated as I am. No, no, not at all. Oh man, but so let's all right. Into- this week's waiver guys. Yes. So, I mean, we got a pretty good list to here this week. Um, let's jump into let's talk wide receivers, I guess. 
we kind of already talked about Curtis Samuel. Um, he's definitely a guy that I would think that you need to go out and get at this point. He's only owned in 30% of leagues. Um, four of the last of his five games have been double-digit points. Um, definitely an ad for me. Yep, absolutely. He, of, of all the guys that we're going to talk about today, I think he's the number one ad. Yeah, and, and that's not to say that I really think any of these guys need to be added either. Uh, you know, this list is pretty the same as every other week in the NFL, and I wouldn't go out and spend huge fab money or top priority on, on most of these guys here. You know, we're at the we're at the point of the year where it's just kind of a with our darts. You're lucky. You're hoping for a flex play or, or something of that sort. And none of these guys most likely are going to be week to week starters for you. Um, obviously, with injuries, there's going to be some guys that are going to plug in, but um, none of these guys are huge guys that are going to potentially win you a league. Um, so that's a good place to put in there. Yeah, but. You know, we the first guy we we're planning on talking about, KJ Hamler. This is somebody I was high on coming into the season. I think he has a very high ceiling. You know, would you? I, I, with his size, speed, route running ability, he has the ability to be a, a Calvin Ridley type wide receiver in this league. It, the issue is, is he's not going to have Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. Um, I picked him up the thing. many dynasty leagues as I could. So I mean I get I get the the speed aspect of that, but you think he's gonna be he's not like he's a physical freak. He's only five nine under one eighty. He's a small kid. Yeah, he reminds me more of Rager. Yeah, I mean he doesn't strike me as anything like Calvin Ridley. He's to me he's gonna be a possession slot guy. Um this is his ceiling right here. Um ten targets, six catches, seventy-five yards, little gadget run, fifteen. I don't see him what, being any more than that. Yeah, and that's with Locke throwing the ball, what do you throw, like 46 times or something like that? Right, it was something astronomical. Right, they were playing catch-up the whole game. So. And this is while Judy looked very good. Judy did look very good, and Tim Patrick kind of disappeared this week after being hurt. Um, so the rookies kind of popped out this week. And I kind of see it as a trend going forward. You know, I, I, I'm not going to guarantee KJ Hamler having 15 points a week, but no. – you know, that next week he's going to be in that probably six to twelve range. This this fits in with the narrative that I kind of talked about earlier in the season, where um, you know I, I know we've seen like all of the rookie wide receivers perform really well, but typically in typical NFL seasons, rookie wide receivers don't get involved until the second half, and KJ Hamler might be that. Uh, you know, I know he's not lighting the world on fire like Justin Jefferson or Ceedee Lamb or Justin Ju- uh, Justin Judy. Um, like Jerry uh, Judy. Thank you, Jerry Judy. Um, maybe not Curtis Samuel role in the offense where he's used in that role. Um, just a little bit more. I think I think it's hard to say with KJ Hamler. He's somebody on my watch list more than pickup because they played Atlanta this week. So when you play Atlanta and you don't play well, and it, there's like I don't know, ten out of ten on the Richter scale over there for you Massachusetts folks. Um, yeah. but you know. He did play well. He performed against a team he should have um, and looked good doing so. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing to put here is that this is his first productive week yet. He had 10 points last week, but it was basically just the touchdown. Um, he had three catches for 13 yards outside of that. So he's really not an asset where I'm even thinking about touching him yet. He's going to show me oh, at least another week or two before I even start considering adding him to a roster because there's got to be better options for you to pick up or even better options on your roster right now. Yeah, the thing to keep in mind, I think, is, I mean, this week they're going to be playing uh, the Raiders. So you'd have to basically trust that the Raiders are going to be putting up points because you figure that's that's the really the main reason Hamler, you know, got the production that he did because, you, you know, Drew Locke's not throwing the ball 46 times every week. Um, yeah, next so, week's going to be the Melvin Gordon show. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how they built that team, you know, through the through the run and then, you know, play action pass and pass off of that. So. Yeah. You know, I, I, I agree. You know, he's more of a dynasty piece for me than he, he's not really, he's somebody to keep on your radar and not really to add yet. Sure. Uh, but as for, you know, I just spoke about Calvin Ridley. Alameda Zacchaeus. Get another- Very nice. Very nicely. That was, done. That was almost professional. 
I Put know. this boy on CBS. Wow, very nice. Alamed Zacchaeus. Nice. <laughs> He's um, keep I love saying it. Alamed Zacchaeus. One more time for the people in the back. Alamed Zacchaeus. Whisper sweet nothing into my ear. I love it. Right. Well, he had a great day. Um, I was kind of expecting Gage to kind of take a front row here and be that second option, but it, it ended up being Zacchaeus. Um, he went four catches on six targets for 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, that's more than you can ever expect out of anybody. Um, he's another guy that I don't know if I'm jumping out and going to buy. He's not owned anywhere, but he's definitely worth paying attention to with Ridley out. Um, if you really need a play, he's a guy I consider. In the two weeks that Ridley has not been active, the first week he went eight for 86. This week he went four for 103 and a touchdown. Right. So they're plugging him in on Ridley's role. I, I don't think they view Russell Gage as a very talented wide receiver. Um, he's kind of their, just their, you know, their third guy who, if you're doubling Julio, you're doubling Ridley. Gage is open, I guess. So throw it to him. But, and he hasn't really been used us in the office. Zacchaeus is good as long as Ridley's out. Yeah, that's yeah. entirely what it hinges on is Ridley's health. And I'm not. I haven't seen any kind of updates on uh, Ridley, but that's something to monitor. Yeah, he yeah, was I mean, a time decision. So, yeah, I yeah, mean, we've seen with these midfoot sprains that these guys have been out multiple weeks. We've seen it now with Carson. We've seen it with Mixon. Um, it's it's pretty safe to say that we're probably going to miss Ridley for at least two to three weeks. Russell Russell Gage just isn't very talented. Um, he, he's not that great, at, you know. I think he performed well last year and then he had a game this year where he did well. And I think we're also kind of waiting for that. And it kind of feels like Marvin Jones. He has kind of this Marvin Jones feel to him where we keep waiting for, for Russell Gage to break out. And I just don't think he's very good. He's losing targets and snaps to what's his name, Tim? Olamid Zacchaeus. Very nice. <laughs> um, but he's losing targets to, to Zacchaeus. And um, I don't, you know, I, I don't think he's anything special and, you know, if you're if you're picking between the two, I'd probably go Zacchaeus before I put Russell Gage into my lineup. No, oh, without a doubt. Yeah, at this point, I think that's safe to say. But you know, that that's pretty much it on Zacchaeus. Um, another guy who is just getting targets because the top two options, you know, maybe they need a break. Maybe they're just sick of getting targeted. I don't know. But David Moore. He had another good week this week, four for, uh, four or six targets, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's scored in double figures on, what, four of his six games that he was active this year? Yep. I think with him, it's really important to look at the schedule. Um, I don't see Moore being very involved um, when the Seahawks are leading, as they've been kind of doing throughout the entire season. It's when they're going to be in those firefights. Um, and the schedule says that I don't expect a lot out of more over the next couple of weeks. We've got, you know, the C the Rams might give them a run, but I, I don't expect it to be, you know, the Seahawks won't be losing by multiple scores there. The Cardinals could be fine. And maybe that's where you could take your dart throw. Then you have the Eagles, the Giants, the Jets, Washington. Um, so of those six games, I just, you know, pointed to one of them more might be startable. Um, he's kind of an insurance policy if the top two guys get hurt, but. Just another guy. I don't think I'm spending any fab or any waiver wire on. Um, you know, if I really desperately need a, a second flex play, I'll pick him up after waivers run. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He's not a guy that I'm going to go out and spend any kind of money on. Um, but he is kind of a sneaky play. And what? In eight weeks he's played, he's got four touchdowns. So, I mean, he's kind of touchdown dependent, but he's gone just about every game with at least three catches and a minimum of about 30, 40 yards. Um, if, if you're going to get 13 points out of him, he's a solid flex play for me. He's risky. He's definitely risky. But if you're desperate and you need a guy, especially with all this COVID and all, all the injuries, he could be a guy that you could plug and play in. Yeah, especially he's Especially in deeper leagues. He's boring. He's not going to get you more than 10 points. He, he could score three or 10. You know? Very Tyler. A very Tyler player. I'd rather take my shot on 
Daryl Mooney, uh, Anthony Miller, Richie James, than than David Moore, in my opinion. If I'm starting one of these guys at this point because I'm that depleted at wide receiver, it's going to be somebody who could score me 20, not somebody who's going to get me nine or zero. It's going to be zero or 25. That's just, that's at, at this point in the season when you're picking somebody up and need to start them, that's kind of, that's kind of my mentality. With these what guys. was Mooney's name, Tim? Darnell Mooney. Okay. You called him Daryl. I was like, how do you get Zacchaeus and not Darnell Mooney? <laughs> Used up all the mojo on Zacchaeus. Yep. He made me say it too many times. That's yeah, it. Like burning yeah, burning power I, over there. I agree with the the general point that that Tim put out, though. Um, odds are, if I mean, if you have you know a pretty strong record uh, into this up to this point, you're either not dealing with injuries or you've gotten really lucky. Um, odds are, if you have you know if you're in the middle of the pack or towards the bottom, you might as well kind of just go for those boomer bust plays because you're probably dealing with injuries or you know, COVID and bye weeks and just had some bad luck. Um, so you might as well kind of go for the boomer bus plays at that point, go for broke. Yeah, that's where I disagree with you guys. I always, if I'm in a spot where I just need a guy, I'm going for the safest guy possible so I don't get a zero because the, those zero points could be the difference of you losing. Yeah, he, that guy's not going to win you a league, but he's definitely not going to lose you a week. Says a guy who had Michael uh, Mike Evans in – Every single team over the last two years. Yeah, and he, he was a top 10 guy every year. So what, what's there to say? Is that's, bad, a, that's a little bit different than a desper, desperation flex play. Yeah, but you know, I, it's just, I guess it's a mentality. I guess it's just a difference of strategy between yes, us. that's exactly what it is. I would much rather take, a, if, if we're talking flex play, I'd rather, much rather take Mooney or Curtis Samuel or even Richie James at this point over David Moore. No, I don't, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with you at all there. And But all of those guys are much safer than him. Yeah. I mean, at this point in the season with the guys that we're talking about, are there really any true safe waiver wire pickups? Yeah, I would Just take Mooney. We'll On this list, Mooney, Curtis Samuel, I would take all day. If they're available, sure. I wouldn't consider them very safe either. It's not like we're talking guaranteed targets for most of these guys. We're not. And the ones Mooney um, gets, they're usually in the third row anyway. So, you know, he can be as open as he wants. It's not like Foles is going to hit him. Say that, but Mooney hasn't gone under five targets yet in a game. I'm looking at a stat line right now. It says five completions on 11 targets. Yeah. He gets targeted a lot. I don't mean he's catching them. They're right anywhere near him. When we talk about desperation flex plays, volume's king for me, my friend. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Um, but I guess that kind of would move us into Richie James, who. I think looks like Odell Beckham Jr., but I might be alone on that. Whatever. Wait, are you talking about Cleveland Browns Odell Beckham or New York Giants Odell? Honestly, if you watched him, like, he looked good. He, I, I don't want to compare him to Odell, Odell for real, but he kind of has that same comp style of New York Giants Odell Beckham. Like, he was moving well with the ball in his hands. He had some good routes, and he was open, and he did a lot with the ball in his hands. Um, I actually, I think out of all the guys we've talked about, Depending on what's going on with that receiving core and what's going on at quarterback, I think Richie James might be the best play of the receivers for this week. All right. Um, so hold on a second. Wait, 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 wait. Before we dive too much into Richie James, here's a guy who's in his third season, and that one game he scored, he had more yards than any season in his career. Okay. Temper your expectations on Richie James. Richie, yeah, so I, just went, I, say, I just went and counted this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to bury Richie James right now. In three oh, no. years before – in two years before this game, Richie James has had 15 catches. So much disrespect. For 295 yards total. Listen, Nick Mullins was the code. He played in 29 games. Listen, in 29 games, he had 15 catches. Okay, Raheem Moster had the second – games. Raheem Mostert had the second most rushing yards in a playoff game in NFL history at the breakout age of 20 or 27 or 28 years old at a running back position. Okay, but Kendrick... No, Alex, no. All right. When I say... How can I say this without sounding really dumb? When I say he you looks can't. like Odell Beckham... Not you can say I just right mean, now it's not going to be dumb. You're digging like, a grave right now. He's the lightest version of Odell Beckham on the market there is. I'm just so saying not Odell style. He's not Odell Beckham. But his play style is very similar to Odell's. 
That's all I'm saying. He's not anywhere nearly as talented or good or any of that stuff. Just saying the way he runs routes and just the way he plays, he looks like he's watched a lot of Odell Beckham film. Stop, 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 stop. I no. watch a lot of Odell Beckham film too. Uh, am I Odell Beckham White? Is that what we're going? Are you I, in the NFL? I had the hair and all. Does that make me Odell Beckham White? Did have a gross flat top, but we're gonna we're gonna move on from that. Listen, Kendrick Bourne's gonna be back next week, right? Brandon, so probably at Debo, Ayuk, they're all probably back next week. Listen, Richie James, don't spend any money on him. He's another D- Ernest Johnson. Who? Exactly. Yes. That's Who the is, proper uh, response. The running back to that. from the, the Browns that everybody spent. Their oh, one, Deere, one I forgot yeah. about Deere Deere Johnson. Exactly. Oh. The guy that we told you not to pick up. Tim, that That's is right. perfect because didn't Alex go bl- say he blew a fucking load on Deere Johnson? <laughs> I had to, though. I didn't want to. I had to. I just and you cut him half time of the next game. Ah, he's still in my starting lineup because I still have no running backs. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Listen, is useless. He's the most useless wide receiver on this list. They're three, the three wide receivers that were all out this week because of a COVID precaution are all going to be back. Debo's coming back, and Kittle may very well be back in a couple weeks. You don't know. I highly doubt it, but you don't know. Listen, I am I am more I'm higher on Kevin White coming out of the prison cell that he's been in since he was drafted wow. by the Bears than I am on Richie. Kevin G- White plays for the for the 49ers. Yes. And that's the same team as Richie James. Who saw 11, 13 targets. Yes. And it's not going to happen. Nope. I, I won't even think about placing a waiver claim for Jesse James. Never mind pick him up. Never mind start him. Is it Jesse or Richie? Where are it's we? Richie. It's Richie. It's Richie. <laughs> He's just as useful as Jesse James. All right. All right. I'm really sad that I just got torn to bits there. I really What did you I think was going to happen there? I, I thought maybe I could inspire you to love Richie James like I do. No. It's, it's very COVID dependent. It's very, you know, injury dependent. It's very wire dependent also. You know, if you have um, a wire that has Curtis Samuel still on it, then absolutely, yes, go for Curtis Samuel. And I would kind of question your league at the fact of why he's not rostered, but that's besides the point. Is he um, a league? No, probably. <laughs> I'm <about to> check. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> but um yeah that i mean it's in our home league i just want everybody to know that <laughs> <laughs> hold on i gotta go put a waiver claim in <laughs> too late um, i have the number one waiver claim how do you still oh, have the number one waiver claim wasted because <laughs> wasted. Um, yeah it's it's going to be very um you know team dependent very receiver core dependent with that team because i mean they do play new orleans next week so obviously they're going to have to keep up um you know points wise and um, I'm not sure what the running back situation is, but it's probably still not very good. Um, I mean, they tried putting, um, you know, some running backs out. They've tried putting Hasty out against Green Bay. That didn't really work out. Um, and McKinnon got some touches. And obviously, Richie James still got 13 targets. So we'll see. Just, I'm really sad. I'm really sad that I couldn't have a I moment in the sun with Richie, Richie, Richie James. Just called him Richie's son. <laughs> Yeah, Jesse James. Anyway, oh, listen, I don't even guys, want to learn his first name. He's not going to be on any of my teams, no matter what. Listen, sounds pretty good. In a deep dynasty league, let's I would move on. Jalen Hurd on my dynasty team than I would Richie James. Let's move on. What are the running backs? Tyler, tell us while I so I can <laughs> cry about Richie James. So this week's been a kind of a mess for running backs. Um, we got some injured guys. Um, There's guys we got to talk about. So start off. You got David Johnson going down pretty much, what, his second carry of the game um, with a concussion. Duke Johnson came in. He played fairly well, um, 15 points. He had 16 rushes for 41 yards, a touchdown, another four catches for 32 yards, but he fumbled. Um, He is not as explosive as he used to be. No. I mean, he's, what, 28, 29 now at this point? He's the breakout. Say that again? He's the breakout age Mostert was, and he looks like a 35-year-old man. Yeah. He's just as explosive as Frank Gore at this point. Yeah, he he is playing. I mean, he he does have – it's kind of exciting to see that he got four catches, right? Like, I think that's good, and, and you want that in your lineup. But realistically, like, he's Chris Thompson at this point. Um, they're, they're very similar. And, um, you know, if you, if, if you need 
like like Tyler's been talking about, if you need that safe running back too, because all, all of your running backs are down and, and David Johnson's out, you could do worse than Duke Johnson, but you could also do better by not playing Duke Johnson. So Yeah, and David has a concussion, so I'm not extremely... If anything, he's a one-week rental. Yeah, right. if anything, he is, yeah. So, you know, I'd much rather have Wayne Gallman. How disappointing have the backup running backs been when they have their time to shine this year, though? Like Madison didn't get it done. Boston Scott. Boston Scott hasn't. I mean, he did okay. I mean, Boston Scott Gio did okay. okay. Edmonds did not play, look good at all yesterday. Oh, what happened? Edmonds was going to be the savior, taking over the backfield. Yeah, Everybody was... went absolutely insane. That has nothing to do with Edmonds. I'm sorry. Listen, yeah, that to... line isn't very What good. Edmonds did yesterday, Drake would have done half of. Kyler Murray ran for over 100 yards, threw like 45 times. He looked like last year's Lamar Jackson. He's what everyone was hoping Lamar Jackson would be this year. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, pretty much. Very true. Can I just give you that? So so let's (laughs) jump into Jordan Wilkins. Uh, What is going on with Jonathan Taylor? Oh, man. What's going so, on with all these rookie running backs? They're a mess, and we'll get into that later. Um, God knows. But Taylor, I mean, there was that report last week that he had the ankle. Um, he, he fumbled in this game, and he pretty much disappeared after that. Um, I know he had that touchdown, but he, the second half of the game, he was nowhere to be found. It was all Wilkins. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was a tough Ravens defense, too, so you, you kind of had to go in with tempered expectations. but. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of hype for Taylor coming in. And, you know, things kind of broke the right way for him with um, Max injuries. So you, you kind of thought, you know, oh, yeah, the, the path is right there for him. But I don't know, just hasn't really fully panned out that way like people would have hoped. Yeah, it was just a nightmare matchup. I'm, not, I'm very scared to start any running back against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I, wish they, I wish they sat Taylor. They said he was hurt. They came out and were like, oh, he's hurt. River said it. And he's they had it up. 32% of the snaps over the last two games. Yeah. And they had every opportunity to say, you know what, Taylor, like instead of making all your fantasy owners go crazy, why don't you take the week off? And we're going to let Wilkins run into people for, you know, 15 times. Um, you know, the thing with Taylor has always been the first half, he was expected to start a little bit slow as a rookie. And then the second half, the schedule opens wide up. They've got the Packers and the Titans and the Texans and the Raiders. I still believe in Jonathan Taylor as a talent. And I would like to see him sit this week. And then I would be okay starting him rest of the season if he's healthy. And I probably shouldn't be. It's probably the bad take, but I believe in the talent. I still think he's the most talented back in this class. And um, the opportunity has to be there. You can't win playoff games with Jordan Wilkins as your starting running back. Opportunity no, is the key word. Oh. Okay, Kyle. Uh, opportunity is the, is the key word, like you said. And if they're going to keep rotating running backs like they are, it's tough. I mean, you're right. You know, Taylor has all the talent. He came in with all the talent. The only question mark he kind of had was fumbles, which obviously, you know, he did fumble. But, I mean, if Indy's going to keep rotating running backs, obviously that severely limits his upside. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm at this point where I'm not touching anybody in Indy. That whole team is just becoming an absolute disaster. Unless you're starting Blankenship with a defense, I'm leaving it alone. I love Blankenship. Best kicker in the league. With the damn goggles. Justin Tucker, sir. No. Listen, how are you going to deny the best kicker in the team? No, Justin Tucker's a Hall of Fame kicker. Out of here. So is Young Hoku. Okay. What? Listen, the guy is putting up unreal numbers this year. He's going to miss two games and still score more than any kicker in the NFL this year. And that's what we're going with? He is. He's kicking up a point in two weeks. We were all so interested in that stat. Yeah. But let's let's not jump into kickers too much. I don't want to spend too, too much time on them. Uh, let's talk really quick. I think we all kind of agree. If somebody drop Mike, drop Mike Davis in one of your leagues, pick him up. Right? I mean, I hope nobody was stupid enough to do it. Um, but if you did, please, God, go get him back. And if he is there, go rob him from somebody because we know he's going to be involved. And then trade him to the CMC owner right now. Because if CMC, 
if you can trade him and get something for him and then find out CMC got, is coming back, you added something for free, right? Pretty um, much. I'm trying. Yeah. Wayne Gallman, another good week. So he, he's a guy that you got to kind of pay attention to. He's been super productive, um, but Freeman was kind of on the fringe last week of if he was going to play or not. Um, he got a, I think he got a full practice in at the end of the week and then ended up sitting. If he's back this week, Goldman's probably useless again. Yeah, I, I actually think, think he, it's going to be some weird timeshare if they if Freeman comes back. Really? Think so? Yep. He's shown enough where he he deserves carries on that offense. Freeman's banged up after being fresh legs, and then why would you? Why not build him up to get him a little bit of a role next year to kind of spell Barkley? instead of just running Barkley into the ground next year, develop a little bit of a role for him. Get him seven or eight rushes and a target or two here or there because Freeman's nothing special, and they're not going anywhere. So they that, could win that division with four, with four wins, though. Yeah. That, that, raises the, that raises the question. So, Tyler, let's say you project him to, to start moving forward, Gallman, and Tim, let's say you project him to split carries. Do you really – Either one of those scenarios, do we really want to pick up Wayne Gallman? If if Freeman is out, if I'm he's okay starting. Yeah, Gallman is a strong flex play. Get me 14 points. I don't know. We were just bashing Jordan Wilkins for being the starting running back in a bad team, but then we're going to say, well, Gallman's. The but play? does he I have? I'm not a fan. and Jonathan Taylor. Right. No. The the difference is is that Wilkins his big week is 11 touches, where Gallman's getting. 15 to 20 every week. I'll take that all day long. The volume there is key. They got Philly this week. We'll see. And then they're on by. So, I mean, you figure it really is a one-week rental. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't snatched him already, and it's probably not worth picking him up. But if you're desperate and you need a guy, you got a bye week or something like that, he's definitely a guy that I, I'd be looking at to fill in. Yeah. Um. Talking about a fill-in who's probably still available in a couple of your in most of your leagues, McKissick. McKissick right now is only owned in twenty-four percent of leagues. The dude had fourteen targets this week. I, I got this weird feeling that Alex Smith loves him. Um, Kyle Allen's down for the year. He could be a sneaky play. I mean, and what was it week week eight? He came in and he had another eight targets when Alex Smith came in there too. So if he's going to be getting that volume. He's definitely somebody you got to be adding. And with these next three games coming up, it's games that they're going to be in. It's gross to say it, but they're going to be in a game against Detroit. They're going to be in the game against Cincinnati, and they're going to be in the game against Dallas. And then they're going to be trailing Pittsburgh, and who cares if he has nine catches for 20 yards against Pittsburgh? That's 11 fantasy points, right? I mean, he's one of those guys. He's a Tyler special where you can plug him in, get nine, 10, 11 points. His his floor is probably seven, right? You know, that, that's literally been his floor since week three. Eight, 10, 11, 14, seven, 17. And with a quarterback change and some close games coming up, I anticipate him having a pretty good role at those same targets. I actually think they're going to be better with Smith. It get worse. Yeah, it can't really get worse. Um, so what? I, how do you – sorry, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, he kind of has to cement his uh, comeback player of the year resume this year, um, hopefully finish out the year strong. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he could have played that one snap and he's still the comeback player of the year. Yep, like, yep. that, that moment was so amazing. Um, what are we doing with the snaps, though? Like, what are we doing with, with rushing attempts with Washington, right? Like, Giving he, those to Gibson, call it a day. The thing is, they're not rushing anybody. And the, another thing is he played 84% of the snaps. He isn't really coming off the field when Gibson comes in. They were playing together a lot, and they're okay with putting McKissick outside. Right. Yeah, and the reason I raise that is because they only lost by three points, and yet they ran the ball nine times. Now, I know this was a little bit of a weird game where they were battling back the entire time, but I just don't understand how you can give J.D. McKissick 17 opportunities, really, with the targets and, and the rushing attempts and leave Antonio Gibson with nine when Antonio Gibson is by and large the best player in the backfield that they have. 
and aside from Terry McLaurin, is their best offensive weapon. So I don't know that I can trust Washington's decision-making to really want to trust J.D. McKissick in my lineup moving forward. I think you can because, you know, he got the 14 targets and he's going to continue to see a bunch of targets. But in terms of, like, relying on consistent week-to-week value, it's anyone's guess if it's going to be Gibson or, or McKissick, I think Gibson just has the more valuable touches because he's the one he he's the red zone back for them. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But at the same time, they really haven't been running the ball. What do they average? Fifteen carries a game? If that, it's it's not like they're running the ball a ton. So really, their their running game is is the backs catching balls on the back. Yeah, they, they don't. They they're a bad franchise with a bad team. They should. Their best bet. The best thing for Antonio Gibson this season would have been if they kept Adrian Peterson. Right. And he could have been the guy coming off getting 14 targets because he's a lot more talented than J.D. McKissick, right? And I think he's better with the ball in his hands in space. Gibson's a very good running back, and he's going to provide more off more of on the ground as a change of pace back to it. Let AP run in between the tackles and just run into the back of his offensive lineman. That's fine. But it's just you know, you're ruining Antonio Gibson by having one, a terrible offensive line, two, a terrible quarterback play, and three, nobody else on that offense is talented except for Terry McLaurin. To be fair, Gibson did see a hundred yards rushing the last time they came out. I mean, he had, he took all the he took all the running back carries. So, you know, when they played Dallas, he had twenty attempts. Um, and that they tells you ball. everything you need to know right there that it was Dallas, sure. and that's the first time they've ever run the ball that many times. In- this year no for sure but you know I, I do think they see Antonio Gibson I don't know if they're I don't know what their plan is and I think that's the big problem right like with a lot of these players we're talking about we know their roles where JD McKissick yes we know his role but there's clearly a more talented running back in the backfield and once Washington starts to really turn him loose I don't think McKissick's gonna be involved at all yeah Frank Gore ends up there next year he, he eats the first down two yard gains up and then they turn Gibson loose a little bit out of the backfield and get him in space. Um, But let's get even more boring. Keelan Balazs. This is just sad. That whole backfield right now is a nightmare. I'm out. I don't want to sing. Unless it's Austin Eckler. Don't even bother asking me about a a, a Chargers running back. They're useless. The thing I'm still confused with here is, is that with Eckler, Kelly looked good. I mean, it, it, he seemed like he was going to be a decent back in the league. And then and then he goes down, and then Kelly just gets worse by the day. Because I mean, I they don't... didn't play against the two, two of the top worst five run defenses in the NFL. Kansas City has a very hard time stopping the run. And he ran the ball 23 times for 64 yards, 2.8 yards a carry. The week before that, yeah, he went 12 for 60 against Cincinnati. It, other than the Jets game coming up, they have a they have a tough schedule going forward, where they're gonna have to throw the ball and Herbert's gonna have to do something magical. Again, it, unless it's Eckler, don't waste your time with the Chargers running back. I mean, even that's tough to say because these guys are getting tons of volume. But it's a different guy every week. It is a different guy every week, but it's obvious we're at the point where obviously it's not Kelly. So who who do you? Even though then Kelly still went for 10 points this week and, and Balazs went for 16. So really they're, they're almost dead even. So it's kind of hope whoever somebody falls in for a touchdown at this point. And that's where we're at. And that was Balazs this week. And then Jackson's going to be back next week. And then Eckler's going to be back the week afterwards. And then all, all hope is back for, for Justin Herbert. Yeah. I mean, for me, Justin Jackson was the guy. Um, Granted, he really burned me this week with, you know, getting hurt after one snap, basically. So I got, you know, a goose egg from him. But when you look at the last, you know, three weeks, I'm looking at 17, 10, and 14 PPR points. Um, so he was trustworthy. And that was with him, you know, being in the backfield with Kelly, who obviously has his own issues. But it seemed like they really like to use Justin Jackson, um, you know, catching passes. So he was a good flex play. My only point about, I was just going to say, um, before, you know, assuming he comes back next week um, and it's fine, 
I think he'll be another good play. My only point about Balazs here is don't pick him up. And actually, two points. Don't pick him up. And I'm glad to see another player from the Adam Gase reign of terror do well. Be free. They all do better without him. Be free, little one. Yeah. So speaking of of Gase, um, Alex, let's take, let you take the role on what you expect Breda to do with Gaskins out the next two weeks. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I think it's going to be a lot of Tua. <laughs> I think we're going to see a lot of Tua over the next few weeks. Um, I'll tell you what, I don't know the kid's first name, but Ahmad maybe is his last name. I don't remember exactly. He yep, looked really Ahmad. good. Yep. He, he was actually probably their best running back, and that's why they turned to him on a really important down at the end of the game. Um, I think he had a carry that, uh, that they really needed uh, a first down on, and, and he took it. Um, you know, I think he's going to be sprinkled in. It really depends on the injury, but you know, I, I would like to see the, uh, I like to be, I would like to see design plays for Brita because we know how fast he is, right? Like we know he can take an 80 yard touchdown run or screen to, to the house. Um, but yeah, I, I just expect more to it, to be honest with how good he looked last week and then sprinkled in with some running game. Um, you know, a handful of touches for Howard and, uh, um, Ahmad and um, and Burrito. Yeah, I mean, to me, it it would kind of blow my mind for them not to use Burrito because, like you said, that just the talent alone is electric. But um, I mean, didn't they use a, a second round pick? Didn't they trade a second round pick on draft day to get Burrito? Am I remembering it wasn't that? that high. I think it was a seventh. Was it late? Okay. It, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> it was definitely seven. a late pick, but um. Okay. I mean, they still traded for him on draft day, so they they saw something, and to not use him up to this point is kind of surprising to me. Um, I mean, I still think Jordan Howard is just, you know, going to get those one yard fall in the end zone plays, um, which it's fine, I guess. Very good. at. I hate him. Yeah. He, he's to, a vulture in the truest sense. To your trade point though, they have three running backs on roster. They've traded for, they, they traded for Brita. They traded for Lynn Bowden. And then they just traded for a third running back who I, can't remember was it um the kid from Williams or Thompson out of KC Darwin Thompson Darwin Thompson so they they've traded for three running backs and I think they're all just going to be kind of involved and you can't rely look I'm not starting Breed anywhere if if I pick him up I I don't think he's worth a start um you know if you want to pick him up just in case he gets 12 to 15 touches great um but yeah no they have a lot of invested later draft picks and a lot of different guys yeah, and again, these guys, it's 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 a crapshoot this late in the year, you know. Um, in my opinion, your best bet on the waiver wire this week, if you have Miles Sanders and Boston Scott is there, pick him up. If you have Cook and um, Madison is there, awesome. pick up your handcuffs. Don't try to get some one off on another offense P- pick up your handcuffs protect your investments at this point yeah is Devonte booker a handcuff yes 100 percent. uh he has a role on that offense now yeah. yeah but he's still if jacobs goes down booker is going to be a nice play yeah but they're trying to save jacobs they, they don't want to run him to the ground like they did last year right mm, and, and booker, i disagree booker, with that when booker was in denver he was a talented back there too uh, he just had some injury concerns. I think it's one of those things where they're they're gonna save Jacob's health because they have a um what what is making you say that though? because what what do you make what makes you say that though? Because before this week we really haven't seen anything out of Booker. No, I think he had been involved. As someone who has Jacobs, Booker's involved and it's the most eye shaking thing in the world. Because uh, uh, what what do we consider involved? Because I'm looking at his stats right now, and and most games he has three or four touches. He's had two games more than that. That then he's had more than three or four touches. Well, Maybe he's on the field. Four more. games, he's around twenty percent of the snaps. You yeah. know, and and we we expected Jacobs to be on the field every play, right? And no. well, everybody else did, Tyler. Um, most backs that, in the league, even if they're three down backs, are not on the field hundred percent of the plays. 
Well, they're at eighty percent. That's nobody expected Devontae Booker to be getting eight carries for sixty-eight yards and playing 25 percent of the snaps over the last four weeks. Oh, that made me so angry. That made me so angry that Booker got that touchdown. I thought it said twenty-eight and it said twenty-three. Ugh, that was the most frustrating thing. But truthfully, I'm not that surprised. Jacobs had, was sick this week and had a had a what a knee injury coming into this week. I wasn't really surprised that Booker was involved. I think, to, to be fair, though, kind of to what you were saying before, Tyler, um, I mean, obviously it's entirely roster dependent. If you have a bench spot that you could afford, you know, if you're so lucky to be able to do that, you do want to protect um, your investment. Odds are you got Jacobs with your first round pick. Um, if, you know, it's 2020, anything can happen. If for some reason, God forbid, Jacobs does go down, it's good to have, a, you know, that insurance policy there. Yeah. So again, my, my point was pick up your handcuffs. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all can agree on that. Including Devontae Book. So, so that's what we have. Uh, oh no, wait, we still have the two quarterbacks. One. You don't <laughs> want to talk about Luton Free? One He's quarterback. The only quarterback that can make Chark relevant. Hey, what, what happened to Mike Glennon? That's more that's a that's a bigger storyline than Jake Lock. The XFL will be back soon. Yeah, but Mike Glennon was signed to be the backup quarterback. Gardner goes down, and they say, you know what? You're still going to be our backup quarterback. Gardner yeah, I don't even down. know. They skipped go to Gardner. Marone wanted to shake some things up. He wanted to go outside Marone. the box. He went Luton free. I hate Marone. I hate Luton. I hate Mike Glennon. They did Gardner dirty. I refused. They did, really did him dirty. He's got a broken thumb in his throwing. No, 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 no. no. He's fine. He could have absolutely played this week. And he was ruled out before. Marone the- said, exactly. Marone is scapegoating Gardner. Gardner could have played. Marone already said he. Bro, I never want my better- starting quarterback with a broken thumb in his throwing hand playing. Please, God. You, he had he could have played. 13 stitches in his hand. That's not a broken a thumb. A day. It was. It, they almost had to cut off his thumb. All a right. day before well, the Super Bowl. All right. Whatever. Even with that. What's his name? Marone coming out and saying, oh, Luton's a better arm talent than Gardner. Then why didn't you start him from day one, you clown? Because he's a rookie. I don't care. He's a clown. I can't stand him. You sound upset right now because you you, did you cut Chark? Is that what it is? No, I almost cut Chark. I'm sad for Gardner. Okay, I'm really sad for Gardner. That's America's quarterback. He's doing dirty. He'll be back. Don't you worry when his thumb's not broken. To be honest, I, I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if Gardner's not on the roster that after this year. Wow. I, I kind of have a funny feeling. This is if, getting worse as it goes. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, that's all we got on gluten. So let's go to the next one. <laughs> Alex, hold on, hold on. In a two QB league, are you going to pick up gluten? No, that's no. what I want to know. Absolutely. Not even in a dynasty league, am I picking up no. gluten? Really? If, would no. you rather have Andy Dalton or Luton? Andy Dalton. Yeah. That's no, not a not fair comparison, though. Yeah, what? It's not even They're close to a terrible quarterback. What do you mean? And Andy Dalton's got the best wide receiving core around him. He doesn't have to do any work. Except for throw them the ball. He could throw it on the line of scrimmage and let them work. He Who's a better comparison for you then? Who, who are you starting? Nick Who's Foles just or Luton? Madison that you want us to compare him to? I yeah. would, would you, that's a good one. Would you start him over Nick Foles? No. No, because I wouldn't have Nick Foles. Okay, <laughs> people do have Nick Foles. Foles Jake Lutton. <laughs> what would you say to him? I missed it. I would rather I, I would pick up Nick Foles over Jake Lutton. And I started Nick Foles this week and he got me 27 points. Yeah. And so did Lutton. Yep. And who's more likely to do it next week? Actually, they None. both have pretty good matchups. Yeah, they do. But let's jump into Alex. <laughs> Same <Smith>. perfect comparison. <laughs> let's jump into Alex Smith and, Thank and you. finish this off. 325, a touchdown, and three terrible interceptions. Yeah, so, they were bad, but he hit Terry McLaurin, so works for me. I would actually, in the two QB league, I would play Alex Smith. Um, I think he's actually going to make that team better. Ugh. I mean, there's no, there's, it's very easy to make it better. Okay? <laughs> yeah, and of course it is, but at the same time. <laughs> All respect for Kyle Allen. He is one of those guys. He, he's no. going to be in the league for another seven to ten years, in my opinion, as a good backup quarterback like a Josh McCown. Um, but. Alex Smith is obviously more talented. He's like 36 years old. He was the number one pick in the draft, right? right. But it's like that, that team sucks. Their line sucks. They don't have a power running back. 
They, their defense is terrible except for against the run, and all they have is Terry McLaurin. So right. I'm not and starting Alex Smith and being hmm. happy about it. No, none of these guys were happy about starting, but if we if we were in a spot and I would start him. I mean, again, let's do the comparison. Would you start him or Nick Foles? What Nick kind Foles. of spots are you in? Who's holding you hostage? Uh, not me, but it's there's not people good that are spots there. to be in, my friend. No, but there's people that are in these spots, I and will, we can't just ignore it's, these people. It'd be Dynasty League. If you lost Dak and you and you lost um, Sam Darnold and you lost another quarterback, these this are the guys you're, you're picking at. up to play as your super flex. Like I picked up Nick Foles this week and had to pick, and had to play him. If Nick Foles wasn't there, I'd have to pick up Jake Lutton or Alex Smith and have to start them, right? Because right. I, I can't have five quarterbacks on my Superflex. I had four, and two of them got hurt. Put it this way. I got a kid right now in a league that I'm trying to rebuild in, and he had Dak. His team's absolutely phenomenal outside that, but he doesn't have a second quarterback. He's starting Goff, and, and he had Dak. His, his third. So now he's streaming either probably Lutton this week. He he was streaming Andy Dalton. Um this is these are the guys that he's looking at, and who are you going to play out of these? I mean, sure, you can you can look at anybody in a super flex league, but if we're talking one quarterback league, these quarterbacks shouldn't no be one quarterback league. These guys shouldn't even be in consideration. Right. We're obviously talking about two quarterback super flex leagues at this point. Yeah. yeah, and I and I will say Alex Smith makes Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin make me feel better as someone who has both of those players in one league. I feel a lot better with Alex Smith running out there than I did with Kyle Allen. Exactly. He, I think he makes all of these guys better options, and I think he's going to be serviceable. He's not going to be anything special, but he's going to get you 15 to 20 every week. Yeah, so that's all we got on these guys uh, for the for the waiver wire this week. I do want to throw out a little point that we're a couple minutes into the Jets-Patriots game, and Frank Gore looks like he's 21 years old um, <laughs> because that's how bad our defense is, but we, we we may have to do another episode this week about how Frank Gore is a startable running back with how bad he's destroying the Patriots. But um, yeah, he has eight for 37, I believe. So that's all I have on the waiver wire guys. You guys have anything you want to add? That's it for me guys. Nope. I'm good. Kyle. Yeah. No, I think I think I'm good. It's been fun. Pick up Tua. No, oh, Jesus. All right, boys. We'll leave you here. We got another one coming this week. Look for it. Thank you, boys. See you. Later.